always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good Saturday morning. Microphone check. Got it. Friends on the radio, check. Coffee, check. DeMarco and Ann, check, check. I think we're ready to do a show. Coffee, yeah, definitely. Big check with the coffee. Um, welcome to your Saturday morning, eight minutes after six o'clock. I need the coffee today. and You uh, you wouldn't really think I do because uh, I'm off the air early. The show is only six to eight, so we can make way for my University of Georgia Bulldogs. They're in Columbia, South Carolina. It was really cool. My husband actually came back from a business trip in Charleston yesterday. So that long stretch of I-20 uh, coming out of Augusta and then back to Atlanta, you know, where there's just absolutely nothing in East Georgia. And he passed the convoy uh, for the football team. They were headed to Columbia, and he was headed back from Charleston. And he's not even a Bulldogs fan, but he was like, that was pretty cool. You know, all the Georgia St- State Patrol cars escorting them. I think he said there were up to six. So go dogs. Good luck in Columbia. It's going to be a good game. Kickoff at noon right here on your home of the dogs. And the tailgate pregame begin at 8 o'clock. So you can stay with us all day long for coverage of your Georgia Bulldogs. And I hope you call, too, 404-872-0750. Just because it's a short show does not mean I'm checking out. We're going to be talking about the best fall trees for color. Um, And I think of fall trees and I think of maples. How can you not? And my friend Norm Mitleider, who is on the show quite often, uh, certified aesthetic pruner, Japanese maple expert, trying to retire, but loves what he does so much, has so many clients in the Atlanta area, a few up in my neck of the woods, um, where he maintains their gardens and maples. And and there's really no one like him. There's really no one that does the things he does. And he, you know, got all of this education in certified aesthetic pruning, which your regular landscape company, I guarantee you cannot do. Um, and in the Japanese culture, that's so important, how the form of a tree is and, and the look of it. And so I went along with him last week, and I did post some pictures on Facebook. And a lot of you liked them, the different kinds of maples that were in one of his clients' yards. Um, really cool, very different and unique maples. So we'll be talking about that. I'll tell you a little bit about the houses that we went to. Um, and then coming up at 7.30, because they're early, Pike Nursery, that sponsors the show, always joins us to share some products with you, whether it's in the nursery or trees, shrubs, flowers, anything they have on hand, but also comes along with some tips. So we'll be talking about fall lawn care. And there is a lot to be done with the landscape right now. You'd think, you know, you're putting things to bed, but that may not be the case. And coming up next week, next Saturday, another short show, another abbreviated version of Green and Growing. But next Saturday, the 24th, uh, Raphael and Jeff from Chop My Tree will have an hour with those guys. And it's just rapid fire. All of your questions. We're not even going to have any discussions about anything. We'll save that for another time. Making that one hour just for you to call with your tree health questions. Um, And coming up in October, I can't wait to have my friends Julie and Tracy back to talk about drying flowers, uh, cut flower gardens, and all of the work they do with arrangements and all of that. In the middle of October, Clint, who I think of Clint Waltz when we talk about lawn care and turf grass and all of that, of course, a UGA turf grass specialist. So he'll actually be in here with us the entire show, October 15th, to talk about that and kind of what to be doing. Um, And you've got to check out the website, too. You've got to check out wsbradio.com slash green and growing. 
I just put out the biweekly newsletter yesterday. So the articles and blog posts that were in that newsletter are now up on the website as well as some other helpful things. And you scroll to the bottom and there's green and growing events, things that are going on. They're not my events. I'm just sharing them with you. Garden classes, opportunities, seasonal things to be doing. And there's a lot of fun stuff, man. Fall. I mean, this is the longest the list has ever been. I usually put events that are maybe just three weeks out or so. I don't want to overwhelm you putting next February's, you know, rose show in there. So maybe just for the next three weeks or so. Um, And one of those things, and I don't remember if I talked about this on the air or not, but uh, going to Tom Cox's Arboretum in uh, uh, Canton, Cherokee County, up by me, uh, Tom Cox's Arboretum of rare trees, some endangered trees, conifers. He has such a love and passion and knowledge for conifers. So that will be really fun, a treat really for you. And there's two dates that he's offering to do that. And I'm only going to be able to make one of the two. But Tom is so excited to host everybody at his home and and show you around the 13-acre Arboretum. Now, that's one thing that you'll have to reach out to me if you're interested in doing that. Uh, The two dates, Wednesday, October 19th in Canton at 3 o'clock and Saturday, October 22nd at 10 a.m., um, and you'll have to reach out to me if you can. If you if you need to talk to Anne when you call 404-872-0750 or find me on Facebook, Green and Growing WSB, and send me a message that way and say, I'm interested in one of those dates. I want to learn more. Um, and I'll get your email address and then put out the email when it's you know close to being time for those tours of, of the Arboretum in Canton. Really unique trees that are from different parts of the world that you won't see anywhere else. I promise. So let's go out to the phones. We already have a couple of callers lining up and caller number one is Nicole from Griffin. Hey there, Nicole. Good morning. Hi, Ashley. So, you know, I was thinking about one of my topics today would be uh, composting because I didn't do it for a long time and I just left what I had and it's so ready. It was so rich. It was so great. So I incorporated into my empty beds uh, just the other day. I want to let it kind of rest for a week or so before I start planting cool season vegetables and I thought of you because you're a composter right yes I have this big bin in the back and uh, uh, delta bot on the bottom if it's too much water uh-huh. or not enough water you can empty it in the bottom and you take the water and put it uh, around your plants or your yeah. oh and that's where you had the little raccoon get stuck a couple of years ago he got stuck in your compost bin didn't he Two of them. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Oh but yeah. The uh, 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 the uh, thing from uh, when your husband went yesterday. Uh, were they in the bus or were they in the uh, in the car? No, the football team. I think he said it was three charter buses to carry the managers, the players, the coaches, okay. and all of that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see. It's definitely pretty neat. And with six Georgia State Patrol people, you know, it's somebody important that they're escorting. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet a lot of truck drivers blew their horn. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, just knowing, hey, that must be the Bulldogs if they're headed east to Columbia. Yeah, absolutely. Uh All right. Talking about uh, Japanese maple. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, I love them because they're not that big. And wherever you plant them, it changes color, and the fall is the best color. I have one in the back that's orange, and because it's in the back, I have one in the front is bright red. So wherever you plant them, they're going to change color, mm-hmm. and they, they don't get too big. And uh, there was an older person, 95 years old, he gave, he gave two to me. 
And every time I look at them, I'm thinking about him because all his life he was in the uh, uh, greenhouse business and everything. You know? Oh, so did they give you the actual tree or a cutting from one, or what did they do? Oh, he, um, I think maybe he took the, uh, sometimes they have a root, mm-hmm. but I, I am not sure. But he came one morning with two uh, uh, two pots, and uh, they were, uh, I was so happy. I don't know if it took them from the root. But anyway, um, I like to talk about Titonia. I don't know. Okay, I don't know what that is. Uh, It's, um, uh, they call it the, I mean, it's bright orange this time of the year. Is it a flower? Yes, it's a Titonia torch flower. That's what they call it. Yeah. And they come from seed. They just, you collect the seed and replant them in spring and summertime. And uh, butterfly even, oh. even even the little uh, the little bird, you yeah. know, the, uh, they come and uh, because of the bright color, and uh, uh, the uh, how you say those little birds? Hummingbirds. Yeah, they <laughs> go after that, and I take my binocular and looking at them, you know. Yeah, they're orange or red, so I guess that color yeah, is what attracts attract, the attract yeah. them, you know. You wow, know. those are really pretty. It almost looks like a daisy, but with the center of it really pushed up and kind of thrust up and taller than the rest of the flower. Yeah, they're very, uh, they go, do really good in the raised bed uh-huh. because uh, they have a lot of roots and they need lots of water. You know, and yeah. uh, there's mine. there's not a lot of flowers and plants that like wet feet, so to speak. So anytime no. you can well raise drained. them and make yeah. sure they're in well draining soil, they're going to do best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, how did you discover that torch flower? Uh, for some reason, uh, somebody gave me some seed, and I know I collect my seed every every year. And uh, you do your own seed, and mm-hmm. they <clears throat> very su- successful. The way I do it, I put them in the glass jar in the bottom of the uh, fridge and uh, dry them really good first, you know, and put, uh, don't put against the glass jar. Put them some kind of paper or something to absorb, so uh, to absorb the humidity, so the the seed's going to be good for many, many and years. And label them, because God knows in a few months you'll go, oh, what seeds were these? <laughs> I know. I did so now day. is also yeah. the time to collect uh, seeds from the zinnias, too. The zinnias are starting to fade. I mean, I still have a couple of really good pops uh-huh. or a few really good flowers, but collecting the seeds from those, and I think maybe a month or so ago, as the sunflowers are starting to fade, folks are able to collect seed from that. So, yeah, that's exciting to hang on to all of that. Yeah. Uh, a moonflower, I have a lot of seed from moonflower. Mm-hmm. You know, they smell good, but they only bloom in, in the dark. Right. They only bloom overnight. And... Um, uh, then you collect seed if you want a vine that uh, is not invasive and it's an annual too, you know. Oh, so the moonflower, use it as a good vine? Oh, it is so pretty and That's you go smell it at night and you have a lot of uh, mud at night and uh-huh. night butterfly. And uh, just by the smell, it just makes you happy to just smell those moonflowers. Oh, yeah. What I'm enjoying right now, I'll walk up to my white ginger lily. And smell that. And that flower is one of the best things I've ever smelled. Like if I go to Bath, uh, Bath and Body Works, if they don't have that scent, they're missing out. Because white ginger lily is just the nicest, sweetest, 
purest smell, and I just love going over to that plant right now. I hope in fall we'll have some things, too, you know, that are good fragrance. Yes. Um, I was told that if you're a little stressed, go outside and, and take a breath or something. It puts more oxygen to your, to your brain, and I, you feel less stress. I believe and, it. And it's uh, one, one nostril at a time. Yeah. Oh. To put a lot of oxygen in your brain. Wow. And that'll that'll enhance your mood and just make you feel better and smelling something nice, seeing some nice flowers. I agree. Yeah. Well, Nicole, I'm so glad you checked in this morning. Always good to hear from you. And, hey, thanks for what you uh, sent me in the mail. I got it. All right. All right. <laughs> Have a great weekend. You be safe out there. Enjoy your day. All right. Love talking to you, Nicole. Thank you so much. 404-872-0750. Taking your calls when we come back in the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. It's WSB. So the forecast for your Saturday, mostly sunny, cool in the morning, but it's really going to warm up a high in the mid 80s, lows 64 degrees and sunny skies for Sunday and Monday, creeping back up to the 90s. Yuck. Green Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to do list this week. So maybe get these things done like today or tomorrow before it's 90 degrees. Not looking forward to that. Uh, Number one, installing woody ornamental plants and herbaceous perennials. Make life easier for you because it's plant at once and you get to enjoy it when it comes back every season. But better for the environment too as the plants shut down for winter. The roots still grow, but they're demanding a lot less water and a lot less fertilizer. So it's also something to consider if you're looking to uh, jazz up a, a garden bed. Perennials are a good good option. Number two, if you're planning to overseed a fescue lawn, that's great. Coming up is the time to do it. But just remember, don't do that and put down that granular pre-emergence herbicide I've been telling you to do. You really need to evaluate which of the two tasks would benefit your lawn the most. And I had that conversation with uh, with my lawn guy as well, Charlie. You know, I was like, okay, I'm overrun by dove weed and all these other things. Definitely want a thicker, nicer, more lush fescue to look good in the off-season, the fall and the winter time. But when I've got that many weeds now, I'm trying to control them. And I certainly don't want that trend to continue. So I think a pre-emergence herbicide is going to do me best to prevent next season's weeds so I can actually get ahead and maybe seed fescue in March or April. So, yeah, consider one of the two. You can't do them together. And number three, UGA turf grass specialist Clint Waltz reminds us that if this month and the next are dry, which they traditionally are, remember to keep the lawns watered. Warm season grasses will need it until they go dormant. And if you're seeding a fescue lawn, make sure it consistently gets at least an inch of water per week or else you've wasted all your time and all your money on all that grass seed. So 404-872-0750. When we come back, we'll talk to Annette about a blueberry bush and David, more info about some fall bulbs to consider. And I hope you'll call 404-872-0750. Trees and Stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. 
Ready to keep this show going? 404-872-0750 here with you live until 8 o'clock. Dave Baker and Belinda have the day off because we're making room for the Georgia Bulldogs. Pre-game and tailgate begins at 8 a.m. Kickoff at noon from Columbia, South Carolina. So here with you just a tad bit longer this morning, ready to dive back into the phones. Plus, I will talk about composting. I will talk about my recommendations for fall trees for color. We're going to get to that here shortly. Uh, up next, David from Tucker, maybe call, uh, commenting about hummingbirds. Hey there, David. Good morning. Hey, yeah. That's uh, Once you get everything set up, they pretty much take care of themselves. I've got uh, the same species of butterflies showing up uh, for about the last, month i guess it is you think they're swallowtails like the black and blue or the yellow and black uh i've got uh i've got the tigers and i've got the common swallowtails and i think i've got the little blue butterfly that also breeds on tulip poplars oh cool um along with the tiger uh swallowtails and and some sort of brownish butterfly i don't know what's going on and found some uh caterpillars that apparently or for a really large rather dull looking moth oh um, yeah <laughs> the caterpillars look quite interesting and then the moth's kind of like oh yeah he's brown and orange or something yeah right uh the question i had today was i ran across a little bit of information about a perennial uh immaculata huh. and the little bit of that i had found was about a a south african house plant so I wasn't exactly finding what I needed to know, which is based on other than they were saying it was somewhat rose-like, grew a couple of feet high, and uh, that you can plant the bulbs in the fall. And that's the first I'd ever heard of this plant. Yeah, how did you hear about it? I was listening to a podcast okay. from, uh, I think, a North Carolina Ag department, something okay. like that. Okay. Well, I will tell you, man, the stuff that comes out of North Carolina's um, extension is fantastic. If I'm not looking at UGA's extension stuff for researching, I'm definitely looking at North Carolina. And the climate's obviously so similar that we're going to you know, share a lot of the same uh, information. That's not anything I've ever heard of. Did they describe what Immaculata looks like? Well, the, the word means spotted. Okay. And I know for the houseplant version, uh, the leaves are spotted. But they were saying that it was somewhat rose-like and uh, grew you know, at least a couple of feet high. And they mentioned planting the bulbs in the fall. Hmm. So that would indicate it's in all likelihood a perennial. Yeah, and a spring-blooming uh, uh, mm-hmm. flower perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, I will definitely uh, figure out a little more about that because in the coming weeks, for certain, once we get into October, it's going to be the time to remind folks, hey, plant those spring-blooming bulbs. Fall is the best time to do it. You've got from October to December, so you've got a big window where you can put those in now. Just kick your feet back and wait until March, April, May when we're going to get to enjoy them. Um, and and maybe this is you know the podcast that you were listening to, but it's North Carolina State. I don't want to get confuse people with University of North Carolina, like the Tar Heels, um, and NC State. But when you look up NC State's extension, they're website is just extensive with really, really good stuff. So dive a little bit deeper there if that's where the podcast was from and see that they may not have a publication to match it. 
Okay. All uh, right. Well, thank always, you very much. Yeah, I love your, your thought process, David, and your observations and stuff that you make. So thank you, as always, for checking in. All righty. All, right, All right. Later, have a good dude. Day. Have a good weekend. Thank you. 404-872-0750. Up next, we will see if we can get Annette calling from Marietta. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing just fantastic. I'm so glad I got you on the phone so early. Well, thank um, you for being up listening early. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I jumped out of bed and turned on the radio right away. Um, I have a, I have two blueberry bushes, uh, one of which uh, was always extremely productive, and it didn't do anything this year, hardly anything, because I, I trimmed it um, pretty drastically, mm-hmm. perhaps at the wrong time, so I guess I need to know a better time to prune it. Um, But I've tried so many different ways to propagate the cuttings and I've almost given up. I I stuck about, I did about 60 or 70 stickings and I have two stickings that are just hanging on for dear life. And I don't have much hope for those, but there's some new growth and I'm thinking I want to take that new growth and I want to, you know, propagate it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just scared to try it now. I've had so poor luck. Yeah, no. So, so, so I better call in. Yeah, and and most times, you know, you can take cuttings throughout the year um, of most things. Blueberries, you've got a couple of different options. Uh, the easiest one, I think, would be, and this would apply to a tree, too, that grows a sucker, you know, like another little stem that just kind of comes out of the ground on its own, not necessarily attached to the parent plant. Um, blueberries mm-hmm. will have suckers occasionally as well, and that's just an easy one to carefully get the shovel in there and just kind of, you know, dig into where you're cutting the roots apart so that you're kind of mm-hmm. untangling them below the soil from the main plant and just being able to pull that stem out. But it's always um, wise to, whenever you take a cutting, make sure it's shorter, maybe just four, five, six inches tall, because the mm-hmm. less of the stem that you've got to work with, the better it is for the roots to develop. Because if the small roots that you're able to take out are trying to sustain this big, tall stem, they're having to work overtime. They're having to work a little bit harder. So shorten the Mm -hmm. stem, and that's going to put more energy back into root development. So number one, I would take a a sucker if there is one. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can take a hardwood cutting, which means it's brittle, kind of hardwood. It's when the plant has gone dormant. Or mm-hmm. softwood is when it's flexible, it's pliable, you can almost wrap it around your finger, and it's kind of the late spring new growth that's coming on. So at what times have you cut the, um, you know, taken the cuttings? Well, I took in the spring and had a lot of softwood cuttings, mm-hmm. but my stems were too long, you know, from what you just said. And that makes sense. Um, and I put them in a, it was a, um, it was some uh, soil that I bought at a store, mm-hmm. and I think it had too much. Um, it was too absorbent of water. Yeah, and you then know. I put it in a plastic bag, and it was just a disaster. And it, it took a lot of work to be such a big disaster. Oh, I know, um, and it's it's frustrating, and it can be disheartening. Long, uh, cuttings, and I mean some long. There's some long new growth. And uh, but I should cut that in small pieces. 
Yeah, but four to six inches. what is the medium that I should put it in? So whenever you go to the nursery, ask, you know, depending on what nursery you're at, they know their soil lines better than I do. So ask them, mm-hmm. tell them that's your intention and ask them what, what they recommend. But it's it's got to be the the potting soil has to be the right kind because when you look at the bags at the big, big box stores or the nurseries you've got your outdoor container mix you've got your indoor container mix you've got your garden soil which usually has you know a vegetable on it you've got your topsoil so it can be pretty confusing but it's got to be one that's light and airy because if mm-hmm. it you're right if it if it's too dense like it's an outdoor mm-hmm. potting mix or something that's just mm-hmm. going to stay too soggy and too wet and too heavy and not really give a lot of room for the roots to develop. So just mm-hmm. ask what they recommend and the money you spend on that is going to pay you back tenfold for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And, and think about it too. And that like when you take a shorter cutting, if it's four to six inches, that makes it easier to keep the plastic bag over or some people do, mm-hmm. you know, the two liter bottle like I talked about and you just cut off the bottom and you have it yeah. almost like an upside down vase over the soil. A shorter mm-hmm. cutting not only makes it easier on you to keep it covered but yeah puts less you know stress on the roots so that they can develop Mm -hmm. and you always take a couple of the bottom leaves off if there's leaves on the stem take the Mm -hmm. ones closest to the roots just pull them off and leave some Mm -hmm. on the top because that's obviously how it's going to need to photosynthesize and receive the sunlight so you've got to leave some leaves on there right okay can i ask one more quick question sure my husband just goes through cilantro like crazy and I'm thinking how can I grow it indoors as a is can I grow it indoors in a sunny window because it would save us a fortune and we'd always have fresh cilantro it's got to be a really sunny window though like is it eastern facing maybe and gets a lot of that warm Mm -hmm. lunchtime Mm -hmm. afternoon sun Mm-hmm. Yes, that should be okay. And you know what's kind of fun to try too. And these can actually be pretty prolific if you're patient with them. Are those arrow gardens? If you go to Kohl's mm-hmm. or one of the department stores and get those arrow gardens, and you've got to reorder the little seed pods or whatever. But those actually do quite well, and obviously has the light with it for folks who may not have that bright sunny window to grow herbs indoors. But I don't see why you couldn't. Again, like when you're going to the nursery to invest in. All of this good soil, Annette, that's another one that you'll really want to get, you know, a good Mm -hmm. indoor mix to do herbs. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And if I can get up early every Saturday morning, I might revisit you next week. Do. Hey. I really enjoy your show and all the people that you have to come and help us out. I really enjoyed Nicole's comments. And the man with the orange, the man who, David, I think it was, or Uh Davis, uh-huh. who was talking about the butterflies. There's an an orange butterfly that that I used to chase up in Pennsylvania till the end of the summer and it could never catch it. And now it's come to my yard. I think it must be a great great granddaughter of the butterflies I used to try to catch in Pennsylvania. That's and neat. I don't know what the name of it is. It's a, a just a kind of a nondescript I th- but it's very orange and brown yeah. speckles. Speaking what of, would that be? Speaking of my guest experts, when Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery was here a few weeks ago, we talked about this because I remember folks may mistakenly think they have monarchs, but they know it doesn't quite look right. Another common one to that would be Viceroy. Viceroy looks okay. similar but doesn't have the same black mo- markings as a monarch. So look mm-hmm. that up and see if it's not a Viceroy. They're still really pretty but just not quite the same. Will do. Okay, great. Have a great day. Thank you you so much. Thank you, Annette. Mm -hmm. So invest in some good soil for the cuttings. 
Uh, good, clean pots. If you're reusing pots that you've already got, just make sure they're sterilized. Wash them out with Dawn or some kind of liquid detergent. Um, and also rooting hormone. It's not necessary, but if you've had some bad luck, rooting hormone's a little bit of a cheat where you can just dip that cut end into uh, some of that powder and just kind of get a little bit better start. So that'll be hopefully set you on your way with propagating blueberries from cuttings. And when all else fails... Go buy the plant at Pike Nursery. It's ready for you, too. 404-872-0750. We'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend and my recommendations for trees for fall color next on WSB. going to be dry and it's going to be hot this weekend. Mostly sunny skies today, but then hardly any clouds tomorrow and Monday with highs almost to 90 degrees. Green green, and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Number one, uh, you need to keep the lawn watered because this month and next month may be kind of dry. So warm season grasses are still going to need that water before they go dormant. If you're seeding for a fescue lawn, you've got to make sure it consistently gets about an inch a week, if not more. Number two, installing woody ornamentals and herbaceous perennials make life easier for you. Now's a good time to start shopping for some of those perennials. As the plants shut down for the winter, the roots are still growing, but less demanding for water and for fertilizer, so it's good for the environment too. And number three, if you're planning to overseed a fescue lawn, remember to not do that fescue seed within any time of the pre-emergence herbicide. So if you've already in these last couple of weeks, which is when I recommended to do it, that pre-emergence herbicide on all of your lawns, all of your grasses and turfs, that is going to prevent the winter weeds. You're going to be glad that you did it. Mid-September now is about the cutoff, so you've got to get it done. But do not plan to seed for fescue at the same time because they will counteract one another. Uh, We'll be getting back to calls soon, but so my recommendations for flower or fall color right on trees. Fall is the perfect time to plant trees and shrubs just because we've got the cooler nights and sunny days. So whether you're looking to install new trees or bushes or maybe transplant some, this is the window to do it. So some of the great, great, great fall color, and we have Georgia Forestry Commission joins me every October to tell us about the areas of North Georgia where the color is best And every week we get an update because it changes so fast. Seth Hawkins will be back with us. You can't go wrong with maples, number one. Those are among the most striking. The yellow leaves of the coral bark maple. Then when it drops its leaves, there's the added bonus of the unique red bark. So that's a fantastic one. There's also a maple, the bihu. I think I'm saying that right. The bihu yellow bark Japanese maple has yellow bark, and it has fall leaf color as well. So once you lose the leaves, you still get some really striking color. Another one, sourwood tree. That's one of the early turners during the seasonal transition. It's noticeable as the leaves go from green to red to purple, and you'll also start seeing the dogwoods change soon as well. They have that really pretty burgundy leaf coming up soon. Uh, River birch trees. I had one in my yard. They can be pretty messy. They have a multi-trunk form and the paper-like bark that flakes off. But in fall, their leaves are a showy, bright yellow. And finally, redbuds. Redbuds are my favorite. It's hard to say that maples aren't. 
but redbuds really are. They can be planted as a smaller specimen tree. And the eastern redbud, an, an advantage from that, has the small purple flowers that grow along the branches in the spring. They don't grow at the tips. They grow along the branch itself. And then the heart-shaped leaves stay throughout the summer. But then those leaves will transition from the deep green to yellow in the fall. So there's the rising sun redbud, which is a great ornamental tree. And it's going to show off uh, the rising sun redbud. Yeah, that's going to show off the multicolors all at one time. It almost looks like an optical illusion. If you've ever seen a rising sun redbud, one branch has leaves just all lined up and down it. They go back from yellow to orange to green. So all three colors at once on a branch. Those are just a handful of the many trees that exhibit great autumn color. Those all happen to be native to Georgia as well. So I'll be filling you in with the Georgia Forestry Commission on some other ones in the next month or so. You can always go to the Arbor Day Foundation website and get to know a lot of really neat trees through their website as well. All right, we'll be back for hour two. Stay tuned. It's Green and Growing on WSB.